Welcome to episode number 23 of Sports the Nemo Way, where we will be discussing Kevin McHale, who made Wade, Ray, and my list being left off of Doug and Drew's. This will be the largest difference of ranking of any episode so far. Kevin McHale coming in at 21, 31, and 31 on our three lists and being left off to others. So let's go over his career so far. The 6'10", 210-pound power forward who played his entire career for the Boston Celtics is a three-time champ, zero-time MVP, seven-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defense, and two-time six-man of the year with career averages of 18-7-1 on 55% shooting. So I kick it over to Ray. Let's take it away. All right, here we go. Kevin McHale, another hard-working player pick. Now this guy didn't blow up right from the start. He started off slow, the bench, but from coming off the bench, he still put up solid numbers. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 13-6, uh, 14-6, 18-7, The Celtics at the time of his draft was pretty stacked, the big man position. It wasn't until they traded Cedric Maxwell for Bill Walton somewhere around 80, uh, yeah, 85 season that Mikhail got promoted. Then he uh, stepped it up to another level, 21 and 8, 26 and 9, 22 and 8, 22 and 8, 20 and 8. Now, besides these crazy consistent uh, stats for a big man in an era ruled by a big man, which I thought should be noted that the 80s was either shit or get off the pot for big men. Uh, what I mean by that is that you either wanted to be remembered as a, as a great player or you want to be remembered as a basketball player who was good enough to earn a paycheck. And Mikhail, I think, is remembered for being great. Mikhail had some of the greatest uh, post moves of, of the time of any big man. Smooth and silky, could take punishment down low and still uh, uh, score on you. If he didn't decide to make you pay in the torture chamber down low, he had a, a nice fallaway shot he could make you pay with. Not only could he score, he could also make you pay on the defensive end, averaging two blocks a game throughout most of his career. Uh, and right around six defensive rebounds a game. Now, he isn't like most superstars where they just uh, plopped into a starting role and was able to shine. He was at a disadvantage, but still worked his ass off and was patient and worked and worked and got his chance to shine by hard work. Two six of the uh, man of the year, six time all defense. This man even broke a bone in his foot instead of getting surgery. He played on it the rest of the season, and all the way to the finals where they lost to the Lakers in six games. Now his career averages aren't off the rails crazy, but you still have to understand that those teams were stacked and come to a situation where maybe if he was on a different team, his stat line would be more. Impressive, but that scenario can be up for debate. But this man shined with the time he had, with everything. I just said that's why Kevin McHale's on my top fifty. All right, Ray, thanks, sir. Well, Wade, what do you got to say for your opening statement on McHale? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple. I, uh, you know, I I thought he was uh, one of the best best players on one of the the best teams of all time. Um. I think we're going to debate where on that team ranks. I think that's going to be a big part of the argument, so we'll, we'll see. But I, I thought he was a, at least a very important part of one of the the best teams in the history of the NBA. Um, he had a very good prime. Um, something that caught my attention with, with power forwards. Um, outside of Tim Duncan, um, a lot of, there wasn't a lot of championships. Um, you know, Dirk has one. Um, KG has one. Malone and Barkley have none. Um, so I think Mikhail having three was was a big a big deal for me uh, when I when I saw that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll, he's a he's a great defender. I'll throw that in. You know I love defense. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it at that for right now. All right. Well, I'll throw out my opening statement. Um, guarding Kevin McHale was called the torture chamber. Charles Barkley said Kevin McHale was the hardest player he ever had to guard. I looked up 16 lists 
not including mine, weight, or race by these so-called experts from places like ESPN, Bleacher Report, NBA.com, and many more. And all 16 of them had Kevin McHale, the top 10 power forward. Never coming in lower than nine, finishing as high as five, twice. So we may have found the only two lists in America that don't include Kevin McHale <laughs> on their top 10. Um, so I guess what I'm going to do is just pass it to you two and let you guys tell us why. Well, I'll, I'll go a couple things and you can do it. Okay, we've got our... Um, okay. Yeah, he's not on my list. And I spent a lot of time going over that. But as Ray said, the numbers aren't off the charts. Um, as Wade said, you know, he was one of the better players on the Celtics. But he also played with Bird, Parrish, and DJ. Um, so, yeah, maybe his numbers might be down a little bit. But maybe also his numbers are up a little bit because they were guarding Bird. Uh, they're guarding DJ. They're guarding Parrish. Um, I watched the Celtics and Lakers and those guys big time back in the day. And I think a lot of the Kevin McHale is Celtic hype. <laughs> you guys say I'm a Celtic hater. I say you guys are Celtic lovers. Um, Celtics got by, and they can say he was did a lot of stuff down low. That's because they let him get by with a lot of stuff down low. Um. I won't get into all the, the details until we give you guys a chance to, to go a little farther, but I will touch on a couple of things. Um, points, we talked about 17.9. He ranks 93rd all-time in points. His average is 138. Um, rebounding, which should be a big deal for a power forward. He's 114th, and his average of, 7-3 is 218th on the all-time rebounding list. Uh, of course, assists, he's not top 250. You wouldn't expect that from a power forward. Um, and we talk about his, his defense. We can go into that, too. But he is, like, 26th on the list of people that won all defensive. Um, but let me ask a question. If you think of Kevin McHale and you think back over the years, What's the first thing, first image that comes to mind? Well, Zion Steve. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A cheap shot. A dirty play is the first thing that everybody thinks of. Now, Ray, you like tough guys. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, let me ask a question. Where was Mikhail after he clotheslined Rambus? Uh, he was heading for the bench. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who stopped Rambus? James Worthy. Because Worthy then knocks Rambus back down. Because he actually pushes him hard enough that he goes back down. Who helps him up and tries to soothe it out? Bird. Um, when they were fighting the bad boys, who fought the bad boys? Bird. You watch that video, where's Mikhail? Now, I don't know whether he was hurt, whether he wasn't in the game, whether he was gone, but he's nowhere in the video. <laughs> so that's just kind of what I'm thinking. McHale was a, was a really good power forward. There is no doubt. But on my list, I only had, I think, two or three power forwards that didn't average 20 a game. And all three of those guys averaged more than 10 rebounds a game. That's why he's not on my list. Okay. Well, I think Kevin McHale and James Worthy are both in a similar position here. They both benefited from being the third man on a team, and uh, I think James Worthy went a little bit farther. I see you looking at me over there, Alex. I said it. Third person <laughs> on a team. <laughs> um, James Worthy, well, maybe he wasn't the best player on one of those teams, but he at least has a uh, finals MVP. Mikhail is not. I didn't put Worthy on my list, so I think they're a pretty similar spot here. That's, that's as much as I've got to say right now. You care if I take something real quick? Go for it. Um, me and Alex discussed this. So him being the third best player, um, we were kind of we tried to break it down. So Alex can stop me if he thinks I'm wrong at any point. Um, with their first championship, I think we, we all agree he came off the he came off the bench. So we could all right. agree he oh, yeah. wasn't. Okay, yeah. so we're on the same yeah. page on that one. Yeah, it was, 
him and Worthy both were rookies in their first one. Yeah. Both came so, off the bench in the rookie season. So recital. No, no argument on the first one. The second one we looked up, him and Parrish are about, Parrish is, is a little bit better uh, stat-wise, but they're, they're right there together. And then the third one, Mikhail, I think is significantly, significantly, sorry, I can't talk, the, the second best player above Parrish, which I, I didn't look at these. It's games, not even so. fucking close. Yeah. He but, has 26 and 10 on 60% shooting, something that's never been done in the history of basketball if before or again. He was the second best player on that team. There's no argument against it. But the but the second title, he still wasn't a starter. Really? Yeah. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, first he, two titles, he, he wasn't even he was a starter. A, he was the sixth man of the year. But, but and he wasn't MVP on the third one. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't saying that. that was I was just I was just saying, yeah. would it be, is it crazy to say, at least on the third one, he's the second best player? Yeah, probably. That's fair. Okay. I, I haven't looked into that one that much. I looked into the first couple. But yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, like I said, the first one's a no-doubter. He's not. And the second one, I think he's in he's in the running there with Parrish. But Parrish does beat him in a, some of the more important categories. So I, that's Over their debatable. careers, Parrish is a better rebounder the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then the third one, I'd say he's number, he's number two. I, I just wanted to. Oh, yeah. For your third. Go ahead, Alex. That's, I just wanted to see if we could agree on that. Um, I mean, I was almost 100% positive James Worthy was going to come up today. Uh, <laughs> I told Wade that the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we give. We make blanket, blanket statements, I think, in sports when we talk about this player was the. You know, the second best player, the third best player, the first best, the, the best player. Sorry, I just sound like an idiot saying first best player um, on teams. And it may not have been necessarily true for for all of them. Because, I mean, we talked, we had a whole episode on James Worthy earlier where we said he was the third best player on three championship teams. Well, that wasn't true either because he was a bench player on the first one. Um, you know, we had a, we had a, a uh, whole episode on Robert Parrish where, we said he was the third best player on three championship teams. That wasn't necessarily true either. Um, so, um, but I think we just blanket those statements, you know, over where we think they are as an overall player, and we just kind of plop them in um, in that position for all of them. Um, but the real difference between Worthy and Mikhail is their peaks. Um, Worthy doesn't really have one. And Mikhail's is like super, super elite. Um, I'll ask you guys a question. Do you not? Do you know how many players in the history of basketball that have averaged over twenty points a game, shot over sixty percent from the field, and eighty percent from the free throw line? No, I have no idea. One. Kevin Mikhail. He didn't shoot over. 80%. Well, I saw 798. He's close on free throw. No, but no, he no, shot no, close. No, no, no. It's 798. It's right there. You're talking about a season? It's a season, not his career. You're talking about a talking about 26. He averaged 83.6. 797 is the next year. Um, he averaged, He was 83.6 in 1986-87. We're talking free throw percentage, right? Yes, 83.6. It's right there. Career, 798. I'm not talking about his career. I'm talking about oh, the year. Oh, okay. okay. I, th- I thought you said career. Um, so Nate, yeah, he had a couple great peak seasons. Yeah, a right. lot of players have had a couple great peak seasons. That doesn't right. put him top fifty. Okay, so um, only three power forwards have more all defensive teams than Kevin McHale, Rodman, who has eight. Um, KG and Duncan, who have 12 and 15, nobody's even close to that. <laughs> um, um, and the all-defensive teams have been around since since 1969. Um, so they're, uh, it's not like it's like a new award. Um, he's 31st all-time in blocks, um, 10th among all power forwards, not just ours. Um, Mikhail's 21st all-time in field goal percentage, and most of the guys that are above him are guys that only dunked. I mean, we're talking about guys like DeAndre Jordan, Clint Capella, JaVel McGee, Tyson Chandler, even Shaq and Dwight are on there. Um, um, Maybe the most, if not one of the most. uh, uh, Jeez, I can't even think. Um, Efficient uh, scorers of all time. Um, 
he uh, almost did the feat I talked about earlier in back-to-back seasons, but he was three-tenths of a free-throw percent away from doing it. Um, when discussions arise of the greatest post-move post uh, uh, repertoires of all time come up, you only ever hear two names, The Dream and Kevin McHale. Nobody else even comes up. Uh, I don't know that I go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who I mean, I've seen other people, on the post that, other people in the post that score. I mean, you've got a sky hook from Jabbar. You've got, you know, Chamberlain scored a lot in the post. Uh, there's a lot of guys that scored in the post. Yeah, but you just named one move. You didn't name a whole repertoire of moves. Well, you didn't name any McHale moves. No, I didn't. I didn't try and name. Any, I didn't try and name moves. Well, then you're you're saying that I didn't. I only named one move. You didn't name any. But I said <laughs> I said over overall repertoires, and you said, well, Kareem had a sky hook. Right. That's all he needed. Yeah, I, I didn't say. I'm not. I'm not trying to make the case that Kareem's better or that Mikhail's better than Kareem. Know, but you're I, saying I have that, them much, much. Kareem's much, much higher on my list than Kevin right. Mikhail is. But you're saying that a guy is 21 on your list. Okay. Correct. That didn't start for the first five years of his career, and it was only All NBA once. Well, hold on. And he's 21. Where do you rank Kobe Bryant on your on your list? Who came I off know. the bench Where for his first couple yes. years? Because he came straight from high school. Right, and he was one of the first guards to come out of high school. Physically, his body was not ready. Mm-hmm. It was all big men. He came, came out first. Um, you guys, and have so did McHale for five years. Right, he did. I'm not arguing. Kobe, not for five. You gonna let me talk? Or are you just gonna keep interrupting me? Go ahead. Um, James Harden came off the bench in the first first few years of his career. We have him on a list. I don't think that eliminates anybody from your list. I'm sure there's more I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that came off came off the bench at the beginning of their careers. He was also you know, the best bench player in the league two of those years because um, he won sixth man of the year. So it wasn't like he was just a bum on the bench. Um, he, uh, anyway. Um, and uh, the all-NBA discussion, I, I assumed it would come up. Um, it is it is, uh, it is a, a knock, um, but it is slightly different. When Mikhail played, there was only two all-NBA teams, not three. Um, you know, like uh, like now, guys make um, more guys make All NBA, um, and now the All NBA didn't come in until '89. Um, you know, and uh, <laughs> Larry made nine M- All NBA teams during that time. Um, Barkley made eight. Malone made six. All guys we all have ranked much higher than Kevin McHale. Even Dr. J made four during that time, um, which really only leaves. From 85 to 89, um, the years uh, before before there was three and such, really leaves, you know, McHale, Dantley, English, Wilkins, Worthy, Sampson, who uh, played moved to the four um, when Olajuwon came in, um, to, to compete for one spot. Um, um, he made the all-decade he made, he made team uh, for the 80s. Uh, from NBA.com. Um, <clears throat> um, then I looked up some other things, um, particularly about the Lakers, um, because uh, you know you made your comment earlier about everybody being Boston lovers, um, <laughs> and then you brought Amen. But then you brought up you know referees and stuff, which is like the go-to for haters. Like, oh, my team got cheated because of the referees. Um, I didn't mention referees. Well, you said he, he gets said away he with a lot too of breaks, much. and he did. He gets away with too much, which is pointing to the referees. I mean, nobody else lets you get away with things other than the referees. It's not like the Lakers were like, "Please push me down, and I'll let you do it." <laughs> I, I can tell you that if you watch those games, they had a totally different style of play. They did have a totally and different style if, of play. If the NBA let them play piston ball, the Celtics won. If they made them play basketball, the Lakers won. I watched every one of those series. In 1985 finals, the Lakers led both teams, Lakers and Celtics, and scoring and rebounding and blocks. Um, then in 1986 against Houston, he came out, led both teams again again in scoring. Um, then I looked up this LA Times article written in 1987, um, which talked about the Lakers, and I'm quoting, not in my own opinion on it, were desperate to get Michael Thompson and tried for months and months without succeeding. 
then during the season, they finally traded for him, which many around the league considered an overpay. Um, but the reason they wanted him so badly was because he was the best player in the league at guarding Kevin McHale. And then in the 1987 finals, on a broken foot against Michael Thompson, the best player in the league guarding him, he averaged 20 points, 9 rebounds <laughs> on 58% shooting. Again, on a broken foot. Um, I, this is just pure opinion. Um, but I did, I did talk to uh, a buddy of mine who lived in L.A. during this. He's much older than me, more your age. Who uh, lived in L.A. during this. And although... Uh, he said, not during this, I mean, uh, during the 80s. Uh, sorry. Um, it sounds stupid again. Um, and he said that uh, Lakers fans, although they hated him, respected the hell out of McHale. And his brother, who still lives out there and is an avid Lakers fan, says that Kevin McHale is either one or two all-time power forward because uh, nobody could stop him. The entire league tried and failed to stop him because he was not only scoring, but scoring more efficiently than anybody else. Then why did he only average 17 points a game? Because he was not shooting a ton. He did only shoot 12 times 12, a game. 12 times yeah. a game. So I'm still saying, you know, how can you put somebody in there that is not 93 and 138 in scoring, 114 and 218 in rebounds? I mean, rebounding is supposed to be one of the main things power well, forwards in the In the T-Mac episode, we brought up Reggie Miller. And I brought up how he didn't do anything but score. And you said, well, he wasn't asked to. He had other guys on his team that rebounded. He had, other, he had a point guard that did the passing. Well, he was playing with two guys that were double-digit rebounds. Previous, before he was even there. Yeah, Parrish and Bird, both ever double-digit rebounds. Um and then, even when McHale moved into the starting lineup, Bird and Parrish's rebounds per game went down after he joined them in the starting lineup. Because there's only so many rebounds to go around, and if you have three guys on the same team, plus obviously the other team, vying for all these rebounds, then there's, there's only so many to go around. Now, McHale was never an elite rebounder, and I'm not going to try and make, make that case, but... I'll use Chris Webber as an example of, of the uh, efficiency argument I was just talking about. You have Chris Webber on your list, who averages, well, I can't remember all the time, is it two points more a game than him? Or three. Um, yeah. Webber averaged uh, 20.7 points and 9.8 rebounds, 4.2 assists. Right. So, so he, yeah. he gets three more points a game Yep. Then Kevin McHale. Two and a half rebounds. On six more shots a game. Um, and so... It, I mean, it is what it is, but it's saying, I give you six more shots to get three more points. What, I mean, that's that's not exactly a great trade-off. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's not good at all, actually, if you look at just those, those three shots. One, All-NBA. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, but how could, I just didn't see it. Um, we want to talk about guys that, that played power forward. Um, we talked about Sean Kemp. Got six All Stars, three All NBAs, fourteen six, not as many points, but eight point four rebounds. Um, really, a couple of guys that you argued about earlier, uh, Pau Gasol and Chris Bosh. Gasol's got six All Stars, four All NBAs, two titles, seventeen and nine. Bosch, 11 All-Stars, one All-NBA, two titles, 19-2-8. Again, these are guys that didn't quite make it. But, but, all, but all guys... This, this played, is who I was looking at when I made the choice. Every single one of those guys played after they added the third All-NBA team. Uh, when did they add the third NBA, All-NBA team? 89. All right, well, my boy, Tom Chambers, he got second team All-NBA. <laughs> And he has two All-NBAs from 89 and 90. Wins. Yes, that's right. Tom Chambers. 89 and 90. Yes, he does. Yes. They're second a, teams. They're not third teams. They're second teams. So he still would have made it. Yeah, they didn't have 13. And a, and a great All-Star game appearance. With Magic Johnson. Oh, Lord. 
since we've talked about it, you, you piqued my interest with Kevin McHale getting away with things, so now I'm curious what, what he did. If you, well, it's just if you ever watched him play, mm-hmm. it's just the style of play. It's just different than the style of play that I, I like to run. That's why I was a Lakers fan because I liked Showtime. I liked yeah. running, and that was not McHale. McHale beat you up under the basket, and but, you're right, he did. I mean, it was more piston, that kind of stuff. The kind of I East versus West at, style. Look at Kurt Rambis. Yeah, but again, after he lays him out, he disappears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least when the the Pistons did it, they were there to fight you. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try and make the case that Kevin McHale was a tough guy, but, um, but um, I also am not going to hold one play against his whole career. Uh, we can do that. No, we can no. hold one incident against anybody. No, I'm I mean, not going to hold this his career. But I'm just saying, if you think about Larry Bird, well, again, he's not. He's way higher on all our lists. Indeed. You know, but a lot of these guys, you think about one play, that's not the one play that comes up. Yeah. And I knew that if I said, you think, Mikhail, what's the one play? I knew that's what was going to come up because that's what everybody sees. I mean, it's one of the most most showed plays on any sports show. You see it all the time. Oh, yeah, it's, you do. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is. I, I was just curious because I, obviously I wasn't alive then. So. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't watching a bunch of Celtics games. Yeah, I know you weren't. But isn't yeah. everything you just said? Just a, I mean, you just said my preference. So, if a guy doesn't run and gun, then he can't make your list. No, no, I just, it's the reason why I said what I said earlier about why he gets by with stuff. Because I feel like guys that play like that down low get by with stuff. Because if you're going to play like that, either it's a foul or it's not a foul. Okay, and some guys they let get by with it, some guys they don't, and they'll tell you. It's just the way it is, and you're right. It's it's not. I'm not saying that the refs were cheating for him. I'm just saying during that time period, certain guys got to play that way. Other guys got called for fouls for much less because that wasn't the way they played. Well, that was a big argument back in the day because referees would even say it. Well, that's not his game. <laughs> well, I thought they should call it the same for everybody. You know, I don't care if you're point guard or you're a center, a foul's a foul. Back then wasn't it kind of a east versus west thing? A lot oh, of the yeah. a lot of the west ran and the east kind of yep. slowed it down and avoided yeah. around. Okay. Yeah, it was it was just a what you like. Yeah. Okay. And that's one reason why I respect Larry Bird so much. Mm-hmm. Bird could play any way you want. Oh yeah. And again, oh, yeah. again, he's not a power forward and not he's not in the conversation, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. there's certain players that transcend all that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do. Have, I do have a, a question um, about Kevin McHale coming off the bench. I should have brought this up earlier, and I forgot. I don't have it written down. Um, those first few years when McHale's coming off the bench, who was the starting power forward for the, the Celtics? Cornbread Maxwell. That's not true. Uh, the list I looked at, Cornbread Maxwell doesn't even come up as a power forward on any. I looked all over the place, couldn't get him as a power forward. Well, if you look at their starting lineups, it's Bird. Maxwell, Parrish, and the guards. It is. You are correct. So you're saying they had no power forward? I'm saying Larry Bird was the power forward. He was listed as such and averaging double-digit rebounds a game while Cornbread Maxwell was averaging five. That's <laughs> right. And playing ahead of Kevin McHale. Yes, he was at a different position. Uh, that's not the way and, we looked at it back and, then. I can tell and, you that. And Bill Bill Fitch um, has uh, been talked about multiple times about how he didn't like Kevin McHale and didn't want to play him. Um, and then when Casey Jones took over, he slid uh, Bird to the three, and Mikael moved into the starting lineup the next year at power forward. Um, so I don't think it is this. Uh, oh my gosh, he came off the bench because because you know he couldn't get over past old Cornbread Maxwell. Larry Bird was a starting four because they they wanted to. Be more versatile, move around, and and, and uh, I am tongue tied today. I apologize, guys. <laughs> um, they wanted to be uh, quicker. Um, Bird actually talked about it a couple years ago when he tried to move uh, Paul George to the four in Indiana because he said he wanted him to uh, do that. Uh, and then he compared it to him playing the four earlier in his career, so the Celtics would be quicker. Um. So yeah, that's that's all I want to say. I just, I, so were you like 
I trying to say, um, like Mikhail kind of had like a Ginobili role. Like when he's younger, he's he's a bench player because he's young and not good yet. Yeah, his rookie, his rookie yeah, year so was, was. We understand that part. You know, that stuff. But yeah, like, like, did it benefit the team for him to be on the bench for a year or two before he started because he ran the second unit? I mean, maybe I don't know if it benefited the team or not. I I, I just I was I'm just I guess what I'm saying is 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 that he was he was coming off the bench behind Larry Bird, who is an all time great, not Cornbread Maxwell, who we barely, we didn't even know he was Cornbread Maxwell until like four five episodes ago. <laughs> but now that Uncle Doug said it, I can't stop saying it because I think it's I think it's great, Cornbread Maxwell. I, like earlier today, I was talking at work about. Maxwell, and I couldn't even remember his real first name for a minute. I, I don't know his first name. His dad only called, calls Cedric. him Cornbread. That's what they always called him, yeah. It's Cedric. Um, but it took me a while earlier today to come up with that because I was like, it's Cornbread. So uh, now that Uncle Doug had said that, uh, what episode was that that we even talked about that? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe uh, the James Worthy. I don't know. No, it was later. It was, was it after that? It was, was later. Was it Parrish? Maybe it was Parrish. Oh, Parrish. It was, it was, maybe yeah, Parrish, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone said, why is he called Cornbread? And we went on. It that. was me, yeah, because he said cornbread, Maxwell. And I was like, "Hold on, hold on." Did <laughs> you say cornbread? Uh, yeah, I was like, "What the what the hell is cornbread? Like, what <laughs> what are we talking about?" Yeah, you guys are making me hungry. Uh, yeah, Alex, I got a question for What's you. Up, buddy? How many uh, years did Kevin McHale play with Larry Bird after, like, with the Celtics? You know, for... I, I I don't quote me on this because I haven't. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking nine or ten, but I I don't know. With or without, 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 without how many years? Oh, like, without. yeah, without. Oh, I think it was just it wasn't very many, right? One. Um, Bird retired in '92, so it's one. Just one. one. Uh, last, I was just, just wondering how many they played without each other. And Bird played one year previous to Mikhail being drafted. They were so they were with they each were, other for most of the time. Yeah, almost the entire time. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, uh, yeah. So they have they each have one year on each end. Uh, yep. 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 On that. That kind of brings up a, another discussion we had in the past was why didn't when Magic left or Javar, when they faded, why didn't James carry the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Why didn't McHale carry them as Bird went down? I mean, after Bird was done. Hurt his back. Those last few years, Boston wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little different. He's you know 35, not 28, so it's not like he's in the prime of his career. He's, he's also on the downside of his career. They're you know, like I said, they're one year drafted one year apart. So once Bird's once Bird retires, like Mikhail's plays the last year of his career and he's done too. But Bird was down for a few. I mean their last title was what, eighty six? They didn't retire till ninety or ninety one? Yeah, they won the title in eighty six and they they made the finals in eighty seven and then they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in eighty eight. To the Pistons. Both the Pistons. Years. Oh, yeah. Piston time, yeah. Are you referring to like when Bird hurt his back originally, and he kind of kept going for like three, four more years of yeah, not being yeah. injured? Yeah, poor. I mean, poor Larry. I mean, I feel bad. He just he laid was, on the floor. Yeah, poor guy. I mean, <laughs> well, anybody that doesn't respect how tough Bird was doesn't know. Bro, what, I mean, <laughs> bro, that play gets me every time where he bounces his head off the floor. Oh yeah, dude. It just makes my get a headache just watching. Oh my god. Well, I'll say this. I, I'm 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 being very pro McHale, but I'll I'll say this. Larry and McHale had issues. Um, Larry didn't appreciate um, some of McHale's, I don't know, attitude about certain things. Um, Like, I'll give you an example. McHale broke the franchise scoring record for a game, 56 points. And there was like, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, I know, I know it's fifty six, but I mean, I don't remember the exact how much time was left right, in the game. Yeah. But there's decent amount of time left in the game, and McHale took himself out of the game. Okay. Um, and Larry's like, "Bro, you need to go back in and finish this. Like, get sixty, you know, like, you know, like, do it right." And McHale's like, "No, I'm done for the day." So then, three games later, Bird made a point to re-break it and scored sixty because McHale didn't do it right. Was that the Atlanta Hawks game? Yeah, that's the yeah. Hawks game. Where I'm shooting from the bench. I'm on the trainer's lap, and he hits that three, and the trainer, you know, then falls yeah. onto the top of the trainer. Yeah, that's that game. Okay. Um, and Kevin didn't have that killer mentality, and uh, yeah. and, and it bothered Bird. 
Um, I don't think Kevin McHale ever could have been the best player on championship team. I think he had a game, uh, the game maybe too, but his mentality. I mean, you, you think about the a lot of the guys that are best player on championship team type guys that we're talking about here. Bird, Jordan, Kobe. They're killers. Oh, yeah. And once they have you down, well, now I'm going to stomp on you and yep. make sure you stay down. I'm not going to. Okay, I'm done for the day, guys. Um, so, Bird and McHale did, did have their issues as far as that type of stuff goes, and they were not real close. Actually, I do believe Bird's best player, best player, best friend on the team was Greg Kite. Um, <laughs> Greg Kite. Oh, I remember Kite. I know yeah. your thoughts on all the time. <laughs> um, who, by the way, you know that there's a, there's a, some stat that runs around you. I see it every once in a while. The like, I can't remember what year it is, but it's like 1982 until today. Shaq has played. Shaq played with a member of every single finals team from like 82 to today. But somebody on one of those rosters played okay. played with Shaq. Wow. And, and Greg Kite is one of those guys from those 80 Celtics teams because he played in Orlando with rookie Shaq. Oh my oh, god. Oh jeez. <laughs> I didn't remember that. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, just to I don't know, it really doesn't mean anything. I just thought of that because what else do you remember Greg Kite for? Uh, but uh I don't even know where I was going with that anymore. Sorry. Well, Ray, we haven't heard from you since your opening statement. What, what you got, man? Oh, nothing, really. I'm just enjoying the show at this point. <laughs> no. I well, think I, everybody's pretty much said what they're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually found, uh, me and Alex talked about this, because me and Alex were uh, um, talking about um, the power forwards you'll have in the bottom of your list and trying to compare things and look at things, and I, I found something that kind of made it a little more interesting. Um, so we used Weber at the bottom of both your old list, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. Because it's it's kind of your classic one-one championships, put up good stats. One put up a lot better stats, but didn't win type of thing. So we went on Basketball Reference and I compared them because like one has like Mikhail has over a hundred more games, and then Weber has more minutes played actually. So it's real. It's it, I thought it was a tricky comparison. So. I went, which I don't usually do this because I usually don't care about it, but I looked up at the advanced metrics. That's actually a fascinating comparison because they both take turns blowing each other out of the water on different stuff. <laughs> like, for example, like all the uh, efficiency stuff is going to go to McHale. Um, defensive rebounding percentage goes to Weber. Offensive rebounding percentage goes to McHale. Assist, assisting percentage, Weber kicks his ass. Blocking percentage, McHale beats him. Steals percentage, Weber again beats him. He goes back and forth. Uh, defensive win shares, um, Weber beats him by a little bit. McHale doubles his offensive win shares, which I found confusing. Um, overall win shares, McHale beats him. Um, I think that's mainly the important ones. A bunch of crap I don't understand after that. But... It was an interesting comparison, kind of compare. Because you got one player that came in and played 40 minutes a game for, what, 10, 12 straight years where injury riddled. Then a guy that came off the bench, started, went back to the bench. So advanced metrics can kind of give you a, uh, that's what I'm looking for, your overall impact on the game. And even if you don't play the same amount of minutes or have the same amount of shots taken or something like that. So I found, I found that interesting, at least. Well, yeah, and if you look at their... Uh... Uh, per 36 minute stats, they get, oh, they get yeah. uh, like the scoring gap closes some and all that stuff because they both score about the same. And Weber still out rebounds them and passes them and steals them. McHale beats him in efficiency and blocks. Yeah, I don't think anybody. <laughs> no one's really gonna re- pass really Weber. Touches assist. Weber in, in a, big man wise in a sense. He's he he said steals, it during his yeah. episode. He's one of, if not the greatest passing big man ever. Um, yeah. So I mean, he's yeah. yeah I mean, if you go by. The, the per 36 minutes, it, um, they both like average 20. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, they're both right. Well, I don't know about where I have McHale's pulled up. I don't have Weber's pulled up. Weber's but, is like 20, and then the rebounds get closer, but Weber still beats him. Weber still gets this thing, assists and steals. And then McHale still gets the field goal, free throw percentage, and blocks. Yeah. But I don't know. It's kind of, I thought it tricky with McHale because he only well, he started 400 games. Um, then he got. 
Good four hundred four hundred exactly is what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess we could argue if he deserved to start or not, but you know, just I thought that was interesting. Just kind of going for comparison's sake. But, yeah. So he started. Actually started four hundred games. Yeah. Out yeah. of the nine seventy one. Yeah. So yeah. didn't even start half his games. Okay. Didn't, didn't he go back to the bench near the end of his career? Um, yeah, it looks like it. I think he's, he was benched, then he was a sixth man, then started, and then near, there at the end, he went back to the bench. Mm-hmm. After at, after the playing on his broken foot, he wasn't ever the same really again. Um, he had a couple decent seasons after that, but his career, career was really derailed um, because of, he shouldn't have played on it. He played – he broke his foot – with like four games left in the regular season and played the entire Eastern Conference playoffs and six games of the finals on a broken foot. And they said that they kept taking x-rays and the gap in his, the bones in his foot just kept getting wider and wider and wider the longer he played. Which, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've never, I've never broken my foot, um, but I don't think I'm playing basketball on it. That's... <laughs> Uh, that's that's nuts. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mikhail wasn't, you know, Vince Carter or nothing. He wasn't, you know, out, you know, <laughs> jumping forty inches in the air. <laughs> yeah, you know, know. he wasn't. <laughs> but uh, but still, I think that's just uh, running up and down on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, and you know, people run. And, <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you know, people were stepping on it. Oh yeah, you oh, can't yeah. play a basketball game without somebody stepping oh, on it. That's right. Yeah. You can't do it yeah, now, much less thing. back then. You bet the Pistons were stomping on thing on purpose. Probably yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, oh oh yeah. yeah. There's a there's a it, it, no. They, they really did. Like uh, there's a during that year they played the Pistons. I can't remember second or third round of the playoffs, and one of them stomps on his foot, and a fight breaks out. Like it 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 was it really does. Like you say that you said that as like I'm sure the Pistons did on purpose, but no, it really is. You can look because it up. they're the biggest assholes in the history oh, of the yeah. NBA. Oh, they were no so, doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have a question for Uncle Doug or Drew, if he wants to answer. Um, h- how much, how much credit do you give the championships? To Mc- oh, we know he's not the best player. I was always Bird. How much credit would you give McHale for the championships? Or like, like I, I give him a quite a bit of credit for the third one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the, the third one, he was playing good. You know, second one I'd probably give him some too because he was playing more. Where you're second one, do we know exactly? The sixth man of the year. Yeah. 84. That was like, what, 14 and 8 or something? Yeah, I'd give, I'd I mean, give him some credit there. Is it yeah. 80, is it 84? Is that the year they won the second one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's 18 and 7 is what he averaged that year. Okay, so it must be. Okay. So yeah, I'd give him credit for that one. It's the, is it his rookie year one, the one that's not? Yeah, that's not his, his rookie year, he averaged 10 That's just kind of. It's kind of like James Worthy's first one. Even the supporters agreed. You can't argue that one. I mean, it's, yeah. That was yeah, like, as you guys can tell, none of us brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to be like, well, it's rookie year. Uh, no, we yeah. did not bring it up. I also think we're kind of back at a um, a good player on a, a dynasty. And then he's you know going to get compared to players that put up a lot better stats but didn't win scenario, which we've been in about 14 times now. Yeah. So it's kind of a... It's a tricky one. Well, I I have another question. Um, this one's more Drew. Oh boy, because this question, Uncle Doug and I are on the same team. Oh, <laughs> um, Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, I have Dennis Rodman. Another guy that uh, came off the bench for like the first five or six years of his yes. career. Um, but uh, he, uh, you know, he his career averages. Seven points a game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, he does have more all defensive teams than uh, Kevin McHale, eight to six. Um, but it's very it's very close. I was I was surprised. I really thought maybe Rodman would be up there with Duncan and KG. But uh, how do you how do you explain away those differences? Like if he's a, a slightly better defender, not a rim protector. Um, but is like an offensive zero. Um, how do you how do you explain that away? Um, 
Do you think, without being just a rim protector, do you think is he supposed to be a rim protector on those Pistons teams? Or is that supposed to be like Lamb Beer and some of the other ones? Was he supposed to like guard? No, no, get I'm, not, up? I'm not saying he should have. Uh, I was he wasn't a rim uh, been a rim protector because he's he was never gonna be. He was too no. small. He was never gonna be a rim protector. I'm not saying he should have been. I'm just saying that's that's an aspect of defense he did not or could not yeah. bring he um, at any more, point in his career. He was more up in your nuts, getting all over your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is when uh, Kevin McHale retired, he was considered the greatest defensive power forward in the history of basketball at that time. Now, that changed later with Rodman and then Duncan and all those guys. Yeah. But... <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. Anyway, um, so they're both... Really good defenders. Yeah. But one of them could score and one of them couldn't. So, one of, and I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, is like, I, I'm not really understanding. I don't know, really. I haven't done too much research on old Dennis yet. I just. You want me to answer as a fellow Robin lover? Yeah, you help me out a little bit. One's in the conversation for greatest ever at two different categories and one's not. Yeah. I think I look at Robin. Yeah, Mikhail ranked higher than. I do, but I love Rodman. I think part of the thing with Rodman is his rebounding. I think he rebounded so much better. Okay. Yeah, yes, those. And I know some of those seasons we've talked about before how he just tried to rebound. Mm-hmm. He didn't even care about the team at all, but he wasn't going to score anyway. <laughs> like you said, he was an offensive zero. So I think his rebounding, and then, I think he had more, like we've talked about other things, like, Coming up on a stat sheet before he did more hustle plays and stuff and like jumping in the crowd, throwing the ball back in. That's not good. Well, I mean, I uh, we've talked about that many times with other people. I know. I'll just say I've, I'll say to you what I said to Ray. How do you measure that? You can't. Yeah, you can't. Point. You can't. I know. I'm just saying that we've talked about this plenty of times. But I think he just did more of that stuff. I think I think his rebounding really helped a lot more. I mean, Dennis was a an elite rebounder. Was, there's no, uh, actually, I'll give you this. I don't remember the exact numbers, so I'm just talking here. But I was looking at Dennis Rodman's offensive rebounding rate, just offense, not including his defense. And it was higher than a boatload of our players in top 50s defensive rebounding rate, which means, okay, I don't, I'm just, just for everybody, us, us in the room and people listening. Rebounding rate is the percentage of rebounds that were you were on the floor for, however many of those you got. So if you're on the floor and there's a rebound possibility, then that goes a rebound rate. So if I leave the floor, I get subbed out, and rebounds happen, obviously those don't count for my rebounding rate. That's how that's calculated. And you said offensive? Yeah. I'll tell you why. You know why? Because the more offensive rebounds he got, the better chance that uh, Michael Jordan can shoot the ball and make points. So with that chance, he was probably given some uh, side money from Jordan, you know, for more, <laughs> you know, to do his party and, and that's whatever cocaine he wanted like, to do. We made our list when we was watching the last dance in that last season when Scotty was doing his BS off and whatever. It was Michael and Dennis, and Dennis said Michael relied on me to be there and help him play good defense and maybe not score as much, but. He said, I was there to rebound for him and give him the ball. And after, after, 20, after 20 games, he couldn't take it anymore. He <laughs> left the team. Went but then Vegas. he still beat everyone in sprints when he came back. <laughs> so get off his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect that from Drew. Wow, Drew, this <laughs> twice in one episode. Your mother is disappointing you right <laughs> she now. She doesn't listen anyway. Like, good, thing, good thing nobody in our family listens to these <laughs> damn episodes. <laughs> we can't get our own family to listen, so... <laughs> Oh, man. Wow, that took a turn. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a preview to Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too heavily in my Dennis Rodman stuff either. I just <laughs> I just wondered because it's, uh, it's a definite uh, interesting thing when you look at, you know, one guy averaging seven points a game. A guy averaging 17, 18. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, do we want to move on to our uh, closing statements then? Sure. Well, go ahead. Uh, Drew, Doug, I'm here. You can go ahead. I don't need you. Want me yeah. to go? All right. Um, 
I'm not saying Kevin McHale wasn't a really good player. He just didn't make my team for the reasons that I gave earlier. Um, when I looked at, you look at my power forwards, I believe there's only three of them that didn't average 20 points a game. And that's Garnett, who averaged 10 rebounds and a lot of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into Garnett later, but he's pretty amazing. Um, Tim Duncan, who I don't think any of us are going to argue about off power forward list. They sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other guy that I had that didn't have uh, 20 points a game was Dolph Shays, who had 12 rebounds a game. And, of course, we've talked about that stuff in the past. But um, Drew actually reminded me of something the other day that I hadn't uh, thought of, and it's – what was it? It was Dolph Shays is one of only Okay, guys. you guys are going to hate on me again. It's <laughs> Here it goes. Tip talk time from Drew. Let me look at it real quick. Dolph Shays is, oh, if I can get service here. Come on. Okay, so there is only, shoot, something about who's the, to make. Shoot, I, really, I really need it to load. It's Dolph Shays. Was all NBA for a whole decade. Yeah, for, every, oh, every, for all Shays 10 years. 12. All he was for the 1950s. Carl Malone was for the 90s. Tim Duncan and Kobe were for the 2000s, and LeBron was for the 2010s. It was the only oh, five players to be all NBA for a whole decade. Go get some love so, to your old guy. I, so, right. I told Dad, I said, "Well, we're just a little late for you here." Yeah, well, I don't do TikTok. I'm sorry, <laughs> and I'm not going to. No, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with TikTok, guys. So, okay, I'm not saying Mikhail's not a good player. He just didn't make my list. Yeah. True. No. Oh, just kind of piggyback off of my dad said that. Um, I need six all defense, like I said last week with Walt Frazier. Alex in it at it. It's impressive. I'll give it to him. But um, one all NBA where Tom Chambers has two. <laughs> Sorry. I just can't. Can't do it. But yeah, I just basically I'm not going to repeat what my dad said. Basically all that stuff. Bob Pettit. Shout out. I haven't done it in a couple weeks. Well. I will tell you, I have Kevin McHale rated higher than Bob Pettit. Nope. That's definitely not happening. Sorry, Pettit's my last power forward, so I also have McHale higher. And Ray didn't know who Bob Pettit was, so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll claim that. Um, well, do we uh, kick it to Ray for his closing statement then? Yeah, sure. Um, now, I think he's a, you know, a great, phenomenal player. I'm not a Celtics fan, and damn sure not a Lakers fan after 2000. So, Pacers should have won it, just saying. Anyway, but besides that, I don't have any, you know, alliance to either team. So, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, nitpick between the two. I just see the basketball. I see the skill set. I see the toughness. I see Mikhail. And he did a hell of a job his whole career. Coming off the bench, you know, cleaning up the stats, going into starting lineup. And just, you know, kicking it up a level. And that's what I see was, you know, Kevin McHale. And we might come up with the incident where, you know, he hit somebody and went hit. But, you know, we can look at the Reggie Miller 30 for 30. And he would jog John Starks the whole game, get headbutted, and then just flop the shit down, you know. Like he just got stabbed in the back. At least you that, get many flops. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's called smart play. Get your ass out of Dodge after you hit somebody and conserve your energy for the next play. So, tough player, great skill set, great stat line, smart player. I have one question for you, though, right? Okay. Was he running from John Starks or was he running from Charles Oakley? No, they were running down the court. I, I know, I know. I was just, I was, I was just kidding. I was just being funny. Reggie Miller don't run from anybody. He starts a shit and then acts the California way. <laughs> Wait, what you got, buddy? Um, I mean, I just thought all around, um, you know, six all defenses, um, a decent stat line. Um, I can I can see where Uncle Doug's coming from on some of the the, the offensive stats in the rankings. Um, but he did, um, you know, perfect coming off the bench, uh, multiple six man of the year awards. Um, when he did start, he did put up really good stats. Um, he won championships. Um, he won all NBA. Does hurt him a little bit, but you know, does have seven All Star appearances. Um, I I just thought a good all around career resume, accolades, um, ability, um, 
yeah, I, I think Uncle Doug kind of hates Kevin McHale a little bit, but <laughs> you know, but uh, but uh, oh, I mean, I I I have always thought he was he was a great player, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I like Kevin McHale. Um, I, obviously, I put him on my list. Um, uh, uh, good player, played on one of the all-time great teams. Um, I do think we'll see a theme here. Um, whenever somebody that played for the Celtics comes up, <laughs> uh, um, I have another one of those episodes. I'm thinking two uh, episodes or three. Who? Uh, Paul Pierce. Oh. Um, and then uh, he also has Kevin Garnett truth. ranked the lowest of anybody. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see this theme <laughs> play itself out in real time. Um, and uh, honestly, I'll say um, before this started. Um, I thought Kevin McHale was like some some others in multiple positions where it was a guarantee. Uh, I didn't think there'd be much debate on whether Kevin McHale was on the list at all. Um, so I was dumbfounded when he was left off the list. Not, I mean, when I saw who, I understood. But uh, and I, like I said earlier, I think we found the only two lists in America that don't include Kevin McHale. And uh, I guess we'll. That that's all I got. I don't know. I I was shocked that he wasn't at least at the bottom of your also list. To be honest, but I thought he at least like skimmed the bottom. I, I will say something here. I think part of this, and you'll see this in other things too, is what you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Okay, what Drew knows about Kevin McHale is from he and I watching Lakers Celtics videos of the championship series. That's what he's seen. What you boys. Know of Kevin McHale, you get from the other side of the family, and you know how crazy Celtic fans they are, and that was preached to you from the time you were little. It's a fair point. <laughs> fair point. I don't know. I mean, we, they we, are. I mean, they are. We were fans. preached at by I'm, the Celtics. I'm not. I'm not denying wait, that. Wait, but uh, <laughs> I'm not denying that they're Celtics fans or anything stupid like that. But I've watched a ton more basketball with you than I have anybody on that side of the family because they're not real NBA fans. They don't follow <laughs> sure, the NBA like the rest sure. of us do. They, you know, they're. You know, if, if if you said that about the Red Sox, I'd be like, hundred you know, yeah. percent. I, I, I grew <laughs> well, up watching the Red Sox with my family, and, That's and I'm not just talking about you boys. I'm talking about people in general from my era. Mm-hmm. You were one or the other. I mean, you were you were Larry Bird in the Celtics, or you were Magic Johnson. Well, for for example, to for your point, like you obviously do not like the Celtics. Like growing up, you know, we was listening to Uncle Doug, and then Dad's side of the family, like, oh. Fuck James Worthy or all this other stuff. So we did get both sides of the oh, yeah. of the rivalry. Well, I think I really think that's why we didn't end up picking a side. Right. That's probably <laughs> that's probably very. That's why you're not a fan of either team because right. I mean, you got tired got, of hearing it. We got we got stuck in that way in multiple sports. Yeah. You know because our dad and and our mom are huge. Steelers fans, right? But then my dad's whole side of the family are Cowboys, fans. right? Yeah, you and really they hate got that. and they hate each other, right? Yeah. So then Wade and I are like, "Fuck, what are we fans of somebody else?" That's right. Well, I'll be, I'm an Eagles totally fan. He's a Colts fan. Like we went all about our day. You know, our whole family like that on our side. No one likes the same team besides like two people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it kind of prove your point. I grew up watching Allen Iverson, and I hate him. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the era, you see a lot of different things. But uh, I think it's, I, I think it was a really good episode. Uh, I enjoyed the discussion. Well, I'll say this: I hate Steph Curry, and he's on my fucking list. So maybe I maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm just being Steph Curry's in a different. He breed. is low on your list, though. Correct. Uh, he's, in thir- he's in the thirties. Oh, that's not bad. He's a different breed. The way he's in our teens for us. Oh, of course, of course. Yes, he's. Yeah. Don't you love that, Ray? <laughs> I think I have him like a 13 or 16. I got him a, I got him a 17. I like Del Curry. Does that count? Sure, sure. Okay. By, by the way, this is completely off topic. But speaking of Steph Curry, the other night I was watching the Warriors Sixers game. And of course, both Currys are playing. And in the first quarter, they had 15 and 16, and they just like went at each other the entire first quarter. Like it was nuts. Now, at the end of the game, Curry had like thirty seven or I said Curry. <laughs> Steph had like thirty seven and Seth still had fifteen. <laughs> so but in the first quarter it was really funny to watch because they were guarding each other and just never giving the ball up. Just 
going at it, going at it. Embiid's over there like, bro, give me the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so we move on to trivia, guys. Yeah. So, I got a question. I got a question. All right, Drew's up. Right, I gotta get my board. Hey, get your guys' boards. Sorry, Daddy's got to pee. I was kind of. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, I'm ready. All right. Who's the only player in the 1980s to record 15 blocks in a game? In the 80s? 15 blocks in a game? Yeah. Oh, God. That's a hell of a game. Hmm. I'm, uh, I think uh, I'm just going to guess, but it's an educated guess. Yeah, I got 15 one. Blocks? That's a lot of blocks. Yeah. Some guys don't have 15 blocks yeah. in their career. I'm not even sure if the guy I wrote down played in the 80s or 90s, but okay. I'm going for it. Everybody got it? Yep. Mark Eden. Okay. I put Mark Eden. Okay. I said Kim. I just said Jabbar. Manute Bull. Manute oh. Bull. He did it twice. I forgot. Wow. Twice? In 86 and in 87. How are you going to have 30 blocks in two games? <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> they probably had about, about 14 points combined in those two games. Too. Wow. That's crazy. Let's go next. I'll go. All right. Uh, which one of the following participated in the NBA Christmas Day game as both a player and a coach? Mm. And the choices are Red Arbach, Bill Walton, Pat Riley, and Phil Jackson. I don't know. What, when did they start the Christmas Day stuff? Like, has that been <laughs> around forever? Or Because uh, I remember it for, you know, the last 10 or 12 years, but. Well, yeah, I don't remember it. When I was a little kid, I didn't watch basketball on Christmas. I was too worried about my presents. All right, I'm ready. You guys always had the game on at Grandma's. I don't. Yeah. That, but again, that's like 2008. Yeah, there's definitely well, a multiple yeah. choice. I'm gonna be surprised too because I ain't seen the answer. <laughs> All right, I got mine. I got mine. I got mine. Ready? Yep. Let's go. Jackson. I said Walton. I said Jackson. Walton. All right. The correct answer is. Phil Jackson. Woo! Go guys. According to a according to a 2010 article in the New York Times, Jackson's been involved in at least 20 Christmas Day NBA games as a player. New York Knicks and New Jersey Nets, and as as a head coach, Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers. In fact, he was a fixture as a coach on the Christmas Day game, participating in every game but two from 99 from 1990 to 2011. Wait, Jordan and Kobe. Everyone wants to watch them on Christmas and Shaq. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. Jackson played for the Knicks, the marquee yeah. franchise, who was winning championships at the time, and he coached MJ and Kobe. So that's why I guessed him, but it was purely a guess. Uh, you so, and yeah. both got points, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, participation in a game as a player was New York Knicks and, Co- and coach was Boston Celtics. Was Walton ever a coach? I don't remember him that's being a, a coach. Question. I, uh, I misunderstood the question. I thought oh. he said player and commentator. Oh no! Oh, no, it's coach. Oh, I didn't catch the coach part. Yeah, gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that was like coach. I thought that was pretty. Oh wow, we got this! I <laughs> know. <laughs> like, I missed it. Totally missed it. All right, so that's Drew and Ray. Who's next? I'll go. All right. All right. So um, we talked about all defense tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan was number one with fifteen of them. Okay. Um, name the guys that are number two. Multiple? Like, multiple guys? Are we talking yeah, about just exactly. power forwards? No. No. Um, we're talking about all defensive teams. Okay. Now, can we name, do we have to name both of them or just one? Um, let's go with just one. Okay. Just one. Yeah. Let's go with one. Yeah, my memory mm. skills suck. Mm. Can we get the number? How many they got? Uh, it's 12. It's 12. It's 12. Yes. Okay. I have mine. That should help because we mentioned it tonight. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, that's why I said my memory skills suck. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think my first guess might have been right too. Okay. I'm ready. Don't say the second person. Wait and let well. I gotta know your your first guess. I think okay. he's, maybe he's got it. No, I don't. It? I don't have it, but I got. It. KG. KG. I just I just said is the other one is the other one Kobe? Yes. Kobe Woo! is the other one. I wrote Kobe down. and KG. Do I get bonus points right now both? <laughs> no, we don't. Alright. Start point. taking notes during the episode. So that was me, Wade, and Drew, right? Yep. yep. Alright, I got mine. 
Ready? Who is the first NBA franchise to lose three straight NBA finals? The first to lose three straight. I'll double check to make sure I worded that right, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Yes, it's who is the first team to lose three straight NBA finals? Alright, I got one. I got one. I got one. Ready. Alright, see ya. I said the Lakers. I said the Hawks. I said the Hawks. I said Boston. The New York Knicks. Oh. I thought it was the Hawks losing to those Celtics. Celtics, teams. right. Yeah. My dad always talks about how many times he watched the Hawks lose to them. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. Alright, so that just leaves me, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Alright. Here's my question. Who is the only player in NBA history to accumulate 20,000 points while also having a career average under 15? <laughs> hmm. I got my thing. Anybody else? Hold on, I'm thinking. Yeah. Give me a second here. This is tough. Under 15. God dang it. Guys, I still got to pee. You got to hurry up. Ooh. Uh, okay, we'll go here. All righty. No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just thought of something. Everybody got it? Yeah. All right, let's see him. I said Vince. I know it's wrong, but I put Parrish. I also put Parrish. I said Parrish. I said Kemp. Ah, all right. Parrish. 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 Three Parrish. points. I got two. Hey. Damn. Damn you, Wade. You like read or something? You read books? <laughs> no, I read comic books. Oh, the one with the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say, when we were small children, um, our father refused to read books to us before bed. Um, so he would read the back of sports cards to us. Oh, okay. So we did know some shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the scores after this week are as follows. Ray with 13. Yes. Alex with 25. Doug with 26. Drew with 28. And Wade with 33. Waster. So uh, Wade extends his lead even farther, getting three right today, while Drew and I got two right today. So I had a good day. Freaking wait over here. Yeah, you yes. beat the whiteboard curse, buddy. <laughs> I'm getting over the hump. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that'll wrap up our Kevin McHale episode. Please join us next week for our episode on Rick Barry, who will be defended by myself, Doug, and Drew, while Wade and Ray were clearly wrong. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, and, um, we appreciate your listen, and please join us next week on Sports the Nemo Way. <laughs>